in between fantasy football podcast season four let's go baby yeah there was a time I had trouble talking about it Congratulate them, we know they doubted Somehow we made it up out the pit Back against the wall, never quit Traversing through each obstacle Show a non-believer what's possible Let nothing they could do stand In between me and my wildest dreams Let's go and that come at us to come in between Life gave me the worst Yet my side grew so green We've been down in the dirt Been tossed in the trash But I never strayed from my path When we're gone we ain't looking back Maybe we were all way too high Maybe that's our fault It's gonna be a crazy time But it's gonna be a fun time Life is boring if you don't take some chances And do some things outside the box Your destination for both some feel good lifestyle advice And some fantasy football advice all right, all right, all right. Welcome in, everyone. It is a October 25th, 2022. Many fantasy managers, they were gifted tricks this past weekend as there were so many great fantasy football players that went down to injury. But guys, we are going to give you a jam-packed episode of the In Between Fantasy Football podcast to help you pick the pieces up of your teams, what's left of them at least. It was a brutal one here in week seven. Seth Woolcock back here with you today, and I'm joined by the mother, the father of a scrappy five-year-old son, the red and the kitty foreman of the fantasy football industry. Give it up for Jen and Nate Polvo. <laughs> Guys, how are we doing? It is just weeks away, I think less than a week away, of Halloween. Um, are, are you guys prepared? Are you ready to go for this? Yeah, I think we're ready. I mean, every year I feel more and more ready for each holiday each big event i mean we got jackson's costume i don't know like a month ago so there we I, go i think Preparing. we're ready he just needs a um candy pail thing which don't shop at amazon go to your local grocer because it's gonna be way cheaper there we go advice that's what we do here at ibt guys we got life advice for you jen's got a little motherly shopping advice for you <laughs> we love it what's jackson going for this year guys batman he is obsessed with Batman. Like, Does he have the voice? Can he do the voice? Yes. There we go. He's there got go. the socks. He's got the underwear. He's got the uniform pajamas. costume. He's pajamas. He's got it all. Well, there we go. Well, well, I hope you can enjoy it. I know Halloween's kind of high tense time for parents. You got strangers' houses, sugar rushes for the kids when they get home. Teenagers probably TPing your house. Nate's out there yelling at him, stay off my lawn. <laughs> You know, um, but but guys, we're gonna move forward through Halloween tonight on the show. We're jam packed. We have front and center. What is life like after Brees Hall? That is the question. We're gonna tell you what's life like after some of these other players go down to injury. We're gonna do some temperature check. Tell you who are the trade targets you should be trading for this week. Trades are gonna be huge right now, guys. Some some big players had some really bad games this week, so we can capitalize on that. And then we're going to do our In the Scope segment, tell you who to pick up on waivers tonight, and then who to be picking up off free agency tomorrow for no fab. Save those dollar-dollar bills, yo. That's what we try to do here every week here at the IBT Podcast. And then we got some really good feedback last week for bringing Would You Rather back. We're going to do a Halloween edition with our buddy Kyle. He's going to jump on and host that. We want to welcome the in-between media family in, in tonight. Uh, looks like we got Jay in the chat already and Albert. What's up, guys? We appreciate your guys' support. If you're new, welcome. 
please like and subscribe to the channel if you guys are into this type of content. We got feel-good lifestyle advice coming at you with fantasy sports advice. Right now, we're, we're two episodes a week of this podcast, and we have a lot of other streams and episodes dropping. So make sure you guys are tuned in here on the YouTube. And let's go ahead and jump into it with front and center. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. Give it a chance, you'll be begging for more. Save the spot just for you. We're all somewhere in between. I thought you come to the just place. Just trying to someone. Ain't got to worry about something. What it means. Come and give me another because the night is young. At least I so thought. Front and center. And it's such a shame that we have to go to such a sorrow tone right away after such an upbeat and groovy song from our guy Nate Miller here, guys. But that is what our job is, and we must do our job today. Let's start with Brees Hall. He tears his ACL, injures his meniscus, done for the season. He was an RB1 that a lot of people got in the fourth, fifth round. He was a stud. The frisky Jets, Nate, it came to fruition. We were riding the high. So I'd like to start out by saying, we please just offer a quick moment of silence for Brees Hall. Thank you. After that happened, the Jets, they traded for James Robinson. Joe Douglas, the GM over there in New York, he said, I'm not going out without a fight. And that's what he did. So uh, he traded for James Robinson, who didn't have a touch in the Jacksonville Week 7 game. So guys, let's talk about it now. Obviously, Brees Hall goes away. It absolutely sucks for your fantasy teams. Like, we can't say it doesn't. Like, he had so much value, could have got so much for him last week, and now it's all gone. Um, and the Jets, they don't just lose him. They lose Elijah Vera Tucker as well. So, Nate, I'm expecting this to shift back to a little bit more of a pass-happy attack. I don't think it's going to be what we saw with Joe Flacco earlier in the year. Three of their next six games are against Buffalo and Minnesota. They're going to need to throw in those ones. What do you think here? Like, I, like, I'm thinking Garrett Wilson gets a little bit of a bump more than maybe anyone in this offense. Well, I think Garrett Wilson gets a bump, but I would like to say, I think the Elijah Vera Tucker injury, we're not talking enough about how much that's going to impact this team. You, you can't lose that caliber of an offensive lineman when you're playing this well, but you're dependent on that line being good. Zach Wilson is a mess when that pocket isn't clean. So th- that might be the bigger issue for this team moving forward. Is Zach Wilson going to be able to throw the ball more frequently, accurately, reliably, and efficiently? Great, great point. Honestly, yeah. I am a little bit worried that the Brees and the, the Vera Tucker injury, this isn't going to be the frisky Jets. Maybe it'll be a less friskier version of them. Jen, how do you make out this backfield now? Michael Carter, he's averaging roughly 15 touches a game. Um, right now his best attribute is in the passing game, 7.6 yards per reception right now. How do you see him and James Robinson, who's coming into a new opportunity here in New York, shaking out? Well, I think kind of to what Nate was saying with Zach Wilson, not having a clean pocket, it's kind of just risky everywhere. Not only for J Rob, Michael Carter, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, all of those guys. I mean, I think everybody performed better with Joe Flacco and we might actually see a resurgence of him rather than it being the Zach Wilson show. 
Well, I think that's a fair point because, again, back to the line thing, if, if Wilson starts to make poor decisions because he's being rushed, you almost have to go back to the veteran Flacco at some point if you want to keep winning. And I know that might seem a little crazy, but this isn't – the NFL isn't fantasy football. They're playing to win the game. And if Joe Flacco gives them a better chance – I understand what definitely. I definitely understand the analysis leading that. I just think Joe Douglas wants to keep his job, and if he's going to spend the the second overall pick on a player that he's going to bench for footsteps Flacco, I I just don't know if I can see it. But we have seen that before. When it comes down to it, I kind of look at Michael Carter as an RB three with a safe floor because he does have that pass catching upside. James Robinson, I see him as an RB three but we don't really know what the ceiling is right now. I'm not really sure what that's going to be. Um, I don't, it's going to depend who gets the goal line work. Brees Hall was getting a lot of it. The only time Michael Carter got in the end zone early on was when Brees Hall was also on the field used as, as a diversion in that package. So that's kind of how I see it playing out here in the Jets' backfield. But there's also the other side of this as well, guys. What's up with the Jaguars now? ETN, all of a sudden, he was dead four months ago no one wanted anything to do with him and now he's a high-end rb2 has his best game of his career here this last week and now it looks like jamichael hasty snoop connor they're going to be kind of the, the guys to back up here um any concerns about etn or is it wheels up here jen i mean i've been on the etn bandwagon if you will for the last three weeks or so i mean every start sit question is like yes ETN. Yes. ETN. Yes. ETN. I think he's going to, I think he's going to do well. I agree. I think he could be a, a per, perhaps a league winner. Um, Nate, are you interested in Jamichael hasty as well in some deeper leagues? RB is thin in some of these deep leagues that I'm in. So I'm scraping the ball in the barrel at the running back position. Well, the fact that they were willing to deal J Rob means that they believe that hasty could be that change of pace back in this offense. I don't – in deeper leagues, I'm fine with it. But beware that this is Etienne's backfield. And Doug Peterson's not going to probably mess with that. He's smart enough to know what he has. And ultimately, they moved Jer- James Robinson because there wasn't a role left for him. Well, And it's just kind of crazy, though, because this is something we've never seen out of Doug Peterson. It's been death taxes and running back by committee throughout his entire career in Philadelphia. So – I still think someone's going to have a role. I'm not sure if it's going to be Snoop. I'm not sure if it's going to be um, Jermichael Hasty, but I, I, I'm adding Jermichael Hasty. I'm not using a ton of fab on him, but I'm definitely shooting my shot on him in some of these deep leagues that I need an RB play, um, maybe as soon as this week, honestly. We, we have a question here from Albert in the chat. Where do you guys rank ETN rest of the season? And for me, he's a, a low-end RB1, high-end RB2 right now, I would say. Like, would you guys probably put him in that range too? Yeah. I mean, gonna... but if you give him the ball, he's going to do something with it. I mean, he's basically had 50% of the snap share the entire season. Last week he had 80% or something crazy like that and finally got a touchdown. So, I mean, definitely low end RB one, high end RB two. Okay. Nate. I think it's, I think his ceiling is like a middle RB one. But his floor is middle RB2. So if you have him, you win. Where you were drafting him, where you have him, you win. If you were patient, hopefully you were patient with him. And if not, maybe you bought the dip on him here after the first 
three weeks of the season when it wasn't going his way. Um, congratulations, though. It looks like you're going to have a guy who's going to be someone here over the next couple weeks. Um, let's go ahead and move to Dave Njoku, guys. He suffers a high ankle sprain after a really good breakout season from him. Um, he's going to miss two to five weeks. Nate, what's your biggest takeaway from this? Well, if you're an Njoku manager, don't go out and get Harrison Bryant because I just don't think they're going to use him. We all thought, minus a few people, that Harrison Bryant was going to be the lead tight end in Cleveland. It turned into Njoku as it should have. He's the far more athletic, more talented tight end. But don't go get Harrison Bryant. Just stream tight ends for the next like four to six weeks while he's out. That's my biggest takeaway. Harrison Bryant isn't worth an ad at this point. Okay, Nate's staying away from Harrison Bryant. Jen, does this possibly mean more of a target share going to Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones, who we highlight on In the Scope last week, who's been a very, very solid PPR contributor thus far in the season? Yeah, I mean, as much as it pains me to say, Amari Cooper's going to get more of the share. Um, as much as it delights me to say, I hope that Donovan Peoples-Jones gets more reps in there, gets more of the action. I picked him up. A couple of weeks ago, I was in need of <laughs> wide receiver help, and he has helped. I mean, he's due for a touchdown. He had yes, that one miss absolutely. last week or the week before, whatever it was. And uh, I, I, I think they're going to connect. I think it's going to be good with, well, not good with Njoku out, but I think Jacoby Brissett's finally going to maybe find his guy downfield. Okay. Then we have Albert in the chat asking, is Dulcich a good replacement for Najoku? Absolutely. If you need a guy for a yes. couple of weeks, we like the Broncos tight end. He's not hurt, is he? I, I thought no. I saw something recently, maybe that he was he got a little banged up in that game. Check on that, Albert. But I think if not, um, he's definitely someone you should be adding if you need a tight end streamer until Najoku returns. Let's go ahead and move forward to Carolina, folks. Ch Chubba Hubbard, he had a really, really good game going, um, but he suffers a minor ankle sprain here. He might be able to go here in week eight. It was said if he had to return to the game, he could have. And hats off to the Panthers, man. They come out come out fired up this week after losing CMC. They they really like blow the doors off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Pretty crazy to see that. Um, but nine for 63 and one touchdown for Chuba and uh, three targets, two receptions, and 10 yards for him. Foreman also did some 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 work as well. 15 for 118, adding two receptions for 27 yards here, guys. A decent schedule ahead, but but nothing crazy for these guys. Atlanta, Cincinnati, Atlanta. Um, but but you know, it seems like they're gonna be leaned on here. Nate, wh what do you think of this Carolina backfield moving forward? So I like Foreman a lot. I think he's probably if you're gonna have, have to pick between them, get Deontay Foreman. He's more of the bruiser type back as well. I think he'll see more goal line work if they can get into that situation. Plus, this is a team that's going to run the ball a lot. So really, I mean, honestly, neither are a bad choice. I like Foreman because of the touchdown upside. And we saw him break off some major chunk runs yesterday, which was or two days ago, which was very impressive to me. And he got a little bit of receiving work. He had and two he catches for 27. And he did it last season, too. We, we saw yes. it out of him last season. He was like... Not a league winner, but he was someone who got a lot of people to the playoffs when they were struggling at yes. running back. So definitely some upside there. Jen, on the other side of this, Christian McCaffrey, he went over to uh, the San Francisco 49ers, played very valiantly in that one. It looks like he's, you know, I mean, he's always going to be a set it, forget it RB1 here. 
But do you have any concerns for Christian McCaffrey out there in the 49ers? Slow first game for him, but he was obviously just getting familiar with that Kyle Shanahan playbook. Yeah, he arrived in San Francisco at like 11 o'clock in the morning on Friday. So he had a grand total of 20 hours of working practice time, but he's going to be great. I mean, he's Christian McCaffrey. You can't doubt that man. As long as he stays healthy, always the disclaimer here. Um, But I think he's going to take the 49ers to the next level once he has a full week underneath him. I mean, he's born and bred football, so he's going to be fine. Got that Stanford education, baby. Jen, I like that analysis there. Let's move forward to DK Metcalf. He suffers a patellar tendon injury. Not rolled out for week eight right now. He wanted to practice today. Um, I don't think he got on the practice field, though. Pete Carroll's trying to be a little conservative, rightfully so, with his number one wide receiver. But guys, this looked a lot worse. It looked like an ACL tear right off the bat. The fantasy doctors, a couple other uh, medical professionals, they thought it was as well. Turns out to be this injury that wasn't too bad for him. He's got the New York Giants, the Arizona Cardinals, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next. So not really great matchups for wide receiver ones against these teams. How are we feeling about DK if he does go? And the inverse of that, too, is what does this mean for Marquise Goodwin, who went four receptions on five targets for 67 and two? Big performance out of him, Nate. So I actually wrote about Marquise Goodwin in my column for in between this week. And if DK's out, I like him because he stepped in and just fit right into the offense last week. He got the two touchdowns. He seemed to just kind of gel with Gino. And if DK's out, Gino's going to need that second wide receiver option because Fant and Disley are fine, but they're not going to get a ton of work. And with Dwayne Eskridge obviously hasn't shown to be reliable. And I think they have Bo Melton as their other receiver. So if DK's out, Godwin's worth an ad. He's not going to cost you much. Yeah, well, he's not he's not on a lot of people's radar, and rightfully so. If DK's in, he is a slot receiver, and they don't use slot receivers often. Yeah, he's a, he's a scoop and score. If you need someone this week in a real deep league, if you're in a pinch, other otherwise than that, you shouldn't really be spending any type of fab on him. Um, before we move to the final couple injuries here on our list, guys, let's uh, let's get to this question here from Caden, the Colts fan. What's up, Caden? Appreciate you making us part of your Tuesday evening. Should I trade Keating Allen for David Montgomery? It depends what you need, man. I, I think it, you know, it depends what you need, what you're jonesing for. It maybe you lost Brees Hall like I did in a lot of leagues, and you need a running back. I have no problem with this trade. I just still think Dave Montgomery's upside is capped with with Khalil Herbert. He had a really nice game too. Herbert did. So I'm not actively trying to trade for Dave Montgomery if that means anything, but I don't hate this trade. Um, how do you feel about it, Nate? I see. I'm with you. I'm not moving for someone like Montgomery. I'm not moving Allen for someone like Montgomery. I want a little bit more, I think for Montgomery or for Keenan Allen. Um, Jen, he's saying he did lose Brees and Javante here. Would you make this trade? I would think he has to, I mean, depending on what his team looks like, but that's, that's pretty brutal, man. Um, I mean, David Montgomery, when he gets the ball, he is pretty reliable. Efficient. Yeah. I mean, I I, I kind of would. Would you do it before? He's also asking about Zeke. I I would probably take Montgomery maybe before Zeke right now. Um, That depends on who you like better, Herbert or 
Pollard. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, though. These are both guys in timeshares. If you can, Caden, my best advice to you would maybe be, can you package Keenan Allen with something else to get you a better running back? Can you get yeah, to like Travis that. Etienne? Can you get up into that that upper echelon, high-end RB2 tier? If you can, that's where I prefer to go. I value Montgomery and Zeke. You know, they're mid mid to low low RB2s to me because of the recent injuries. I mean, if you have to make this trade, though, you should definitely be – I don't mind you getting out, out of this so uh, or get, getting out of the Keenan Allen business, though. It might be a really slow season for him and might just not come to terms. So keep hanging around with us, Caden. Uh, we'll keep answering your questions, whatever you got for us. Let's go to Alan Lazard here, folks. Hits double-digit PPR points for the fifth straight games. However, he, he uh, injures his shoulder in this one. He leaves uh, Sammy Watkins, Amari Rogers, and Romeo Dalbs, uh, along with uh, seventh-round pick Samari Torre as uh, the top wide receivers for the Packers as they face the Bills, guys. It is brutal out there in Green Bay. I mean, I, I think this is just what happens when you don't pay up for any type of wide receiver help. Christian Watson's been hurt pretty much the entire season. So it's doom and gloom there in, in, in Packersville, guys. They've lost – Three straight. They're three and four now. They had Detroit, Dallas, and Tennessee up, though, which are Detroit and Tennessee are pretty solid matchups for wide receivers. Um, so, do we like any of these Packers wide receivers, or is this just a stay away, Jen? It's a stay away. I mean, the whole Green Bay organization and team is a mess right now until they can get their heads right and mesh and gel as a team. I mean, you got to stay away. And that sucks because I have a lot of Green Bay shares and it sucks, but that's just the way it is. Like you've got to bench those guys and just let them get right before, before you're starting anybody minus Dobbs. I mean, you might Dobbs, you might, you might be okay with that and Watkins, but otherwise, otherwise He's dropped a couple donuts. And that's like, I think what, what scares me about Romeo Dobbs or Dobbs this week Jen, but I do agree. If I have to play someone, it's not Sammy Watkins. It can't be. It can't be Amari Rogers. I can't play any of these guys but Dobbs. Like he, we've at least seen it. Nate, if you're truly desperate, would you roll out old Romeo O Romeo this weekend? I mean, if you're desperate, you probably don't have a choice. At least he everybody's has some desperate right now. So everybody's yes. desperate. So yeah, I mean, if you if you're looking at if your roster, out, thing, that is if, if Lazard's, Lazard's out. out, if Lazard's yes. out, yeah, you probably start Dobbs. And if Lazard gets back in the next week or two, like count your blessings with, with what he's been. His lowest PPR total on the season since he missed week one has been nine PPR points. It's been a really solid season for Romeo. So I'm thinking he can continue this, guys. Uh, he, he's a really good like low end wide receiver two at this point in a world where there's not too many of them left. Yeah. Um, last kind of note here. I don't think we have to spend a ton of time on it though. Mike Boone was placed on IR with an ankle injury. It sucks, man. We, Mike Boone, talented guy, finally gets a little bit of a shot. Only saw 11% of the snaps before his injury. Melvin goes on for 11 for 33. Adds a little bit of reps in, in the passing game. 51% of snaps for him. Latavius Murray, though, he was the, the producer for fantasy teams, 8 for 21 and 1, so not efficient at all, uh, but he got into the end zone, 39% of snaps. This looks like a timeshare here in Denver, guys. Yep, no, it definitely is. You don't um, have to tell us about it. <laughs> we, we we have a couple questions here in the chat. One is from Richard. What's up, Richard? Thanks for tuning in tonight, man. Appreciate you uh, making us part of your Tuesday. Um, when is Cordell scheduled to return? 
So uh, he is right now, he's eligible anytime after this next week here. However, we don't have an update. They've been really kind of shady down there in Atlanta, not giving us a timetable. So I am not certain on that, Richard. Um, if you need, if Tyler Algier is out there and you need a guy for these next couple of weeks, you could do worse. Um, but just kind of realize what you're getting with him. And it kind of goes for the entire Atlanta backfield there. And then Albert asking, uh, are we going to talk about the Colts situation? I was going to save this for later in the show because this did kind of just happen. But let's go ahead and jump into this as well now, guys. We got our guy now, Sam Ellinger. He's going to be under center here for the Colts. Matt, Matty Ice, Matty Ryan getting benched here. What was your guys' like just initial takeaway from this? Because I think if I'm a member of the Indianapolis Colts, I am thinking, hey, we're just leaving this season out there and we're moving on to 2023, putting in a kid who's never had an NFL snap. Nate, what was your initial takeaway to this? Exactly what you just said. They're putting in a kid who's never had an NFL snap. I think I said it to Jen when we saw the news. Like, seriously, Matt Ryan hasn't been great. But last week, there was no indication of injury. He was 33 for 44 with a touchdown and two interceptions. From an NFL standpoint, that's not horrible. It it's not make, great, yeah. but it's not horrible. But what do they think they're going to get out of Sam Ellinger? It, they also have a terrible offensive line as well. They can't run the ball. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor's doing nothing back there. This is trouble. This is trouble is what this is. Frank Reich might be out of a job after this year. They have a talented team, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They got an MVP candidate in the backfield that can't get going. Jen, are you panicking? Because if I I am absolutely 100% trying to move off Michael Pittman before this week's game because I am worried. I, I think if you want to go after someone like Paris Campbell, you still can because he's going to get a little bit of short yardage stuff. But are you concerned if you are a Michael Pittman owner or an Alec Pierce owner uh, here, Jen? Yes, of course. I mean, the, we're walking into the great unknown here with Ellinger. Like he hasn't, like you said, taken an NFL snap. But we don't know what he's done and what he will do in the next couple of days to prepare. He's been watching, unfortunately, his role model right now and his leader is Matt Ryan, who, I mean, I've got this whole um, spry guys versus old guys thing happening in my brain with all of these new quarterbacks that we have right now Mm -hmm. in the league, new and newer versus our older vets like Tom Brady, Matt Ryan. And I think I'm benching the majority of anyone I have on the Colts team for this coming week just to see what's happening. I love Paris Campbell, but I don't know if I love Paris Campbell with Ellinger. I outside don't know. of JT, of course. Outside of JT. Uh, yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. I think if you like, if you have Pittman, you might still have to roll him out just because you might not have better options, but Hopefully you can trade him. Like, like hopefully your league mates do not listen to our podcast as well as you. So you can get rid of him. I am worried oh, about right. this though, guys. I mean, like, what can you say to like, what do you even say to your team? Like, like, what are you saying? If you're Frank Wright right now, like they can still win this division. This division is like, I get it. If you, you know, this is the end of the season. You want to see what you have in this kid. If you need to go out and draft a quarterback here in the first round, go after a Jimmy G, another aging veteran in the freaking off season. But right now, at this point in the season, when the division is still wide open, you're quitting on the season if you're Frank Wright, in my, in my opinion. Something I read earlier today, and this might change how we're all feeling about this. This was a Jim Ursay decision. This came from ownership. I did hear, I did hear something about that, too. And if, I mean, if that's the case, 
apparently Ursay wants to see Sam Ellinger. He's tired of watching Matt Ryan look like he's constantly in pain with a grimace on his face for every play. And he wants to see what they have in the kid from Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Probably the next Colt McCoy. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens out there. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, he was pretty, uh, he was pretty hyped up about it. He said that, uh, that he was born for this type of stuff. He, he was hyping up uh, his old Texas alum there. So maybe, maybe all right, all right, all right. Maybe we'll be all right, all right, all right out there in Indy. Uh, we'll see though. Um, guys, let's go ahead and move forward though, to our next segment of the show. Um, we have a lot to get to in temperature check, give everyone their trades and, and who they should be looking at here as we head into, uh, into week eight. Temperature check. That's really spicy. Holy <laughs> shit. Wanted to thank everyone one more time for tuning in live with us over on the YouTube. We greatly appreciate your presence here. I know a lot of returning subscribers are here, but if you guys are new, please like and subscribe. Um, greatly helps us over here at IBT. We're into temperature check, and we're going to talk about buying low and selling high because there are some big underperformers this past week and some overperformers as well. So, Nate, I'm going to give it the floor to you. Um, why don't you start us out here? Do you want to do you want to start with the the sells or the buys? I'm going to leave it up to you, my friend. I'm going to start out with my buy because this is a player I didn't think I because I spent the entirety of the offseason writing. I actually went back and looked it up. I wrote about this player five times, saying do not draft them. This is DJ Moore, wide receiver, Carolina Panthers. What's changed? Apparently, Steve Wilkes and P.J. Walker are good for this offense. And leaning on Deontay Foreman and Chubba Hubbard were good for this offense. They beat Tampa Bay 21-3, which we've already talked about. But what we haven't talked about is that Tampa Bay's defense is actually good. For as bad as the rest of this Tampa Bay team, this offense is, this is a good defense. They have a very solid defensive front. They have good corners and good safeties, and they've had good scheming all season. And P.J. Walker completed 71.7% of his passes against him. Six of the, seven of those were to DJ Moore, 69 yards and a touchdown for Moore. And it looks like the, knowing that they did it against Tampa Bay with no Robbie Anderson and no Christian McCaffrey tells me that I think they can do it again. Well, and I think the thing is now too, is that DJ Moore is the offense without CMC. They said they're not trading him. They want to build around him. So I think now he does have some value. And Nate, I've been with you, man. I've I've been all over con our content the last couple of years saying don't draft DJ Moore. He does have a little bit of value now. And I actually had people in leagues trying to sell me him last week and I didn't bite on it. And now I kind of regret it a little bit. Um, I, I like this call from you. Jen, who is your buy? My buy this week is Terry McLaurin. It could be a little bit obvious because he's rostered so highly. But I think people stopped believing in him. I mean, through six weeks with Carson Wentz at quarterback, he didn't really do that well. Um, he'll likely have significant upside with Heineke now in over the next couple of weeks, three weeks until Wentz comes back. He looked fantastic on Sunday. He looked like the Terry McLaurin, who I was so hyped on last season. Um, he had a second touchdown of the season a couple days ago on Sunday, targeted eight times for five completions and 78 yards. And I just feel like the chemistry is there between him and Heineke. 
So if you're looking to buy low on somebody who doesn't listen to this podcast, um, I think McLaurin could easily be your guy. I agree. I agree. And like that almost goes out for all the Washington pass catchers. I think Dotson will have a little bit of value here. Um, So keep that in mind. And then even Curtis Samuel, like Taylor Heineke, maybe he's not a better, like his tangibles aren't, aren't as good as Carson Wentz, but damn, he seems like a better leader. He seems like a better leader out there. He seems like he gets the most out of his wide receivers and the guy makes throws. Like he had some, that, that, third or fourth that third down throw to close out the Packers there. He threw one out to Terry. That was an amazing, amazing throw. The touchdown to Terry was a really good throw as well. Taylor Heineke can ball a little bit. I think it's going to expose who Carson Wentz is once again here. Um, I don't think Carson is getting this job back, whether it's Taylor Heineke or whether it's the rookie there as well. Like to see that, Jen. I like that call from you. I'll stick with the buys and I'll give you my guy, my, my favorite buy of the week. And it's Amon Ross St. Brown. He was very disappointing this last week. He only had a, a less than two PPR points because he got concussed, went out early. But let's keep in mind here, the games where he has not left with an injury earlier. So it's only three games a season, but it's 24.4 PPR points per game. He is number two in target rate. Target rate is targets per route run. So when he runs targets he's getting targeted 34.5 percent of the time so basically one in three routes or a little better than that that's number two in the nfl among wide receivers he's number two in fantasy points per route run as well which makes sense on that one um and guys like i just think the lions offense moves through this guy jared goff is at his, his best when he can find asrb here um Top five in target accuracy when target, and then uh, top 12 in quarterback rating when targeting as well. So it's just an efficient process with, with, with Amon Ross St. Brown. And I'm willing to pay, pay for him. I still think the rest end of season, he's a, he's in a wide receiver one Miami this week, top 10 matchup for wide receivers Packers the following week who Nate, we always talk about on Friday, how good, good the Packers cornerbacks are, but they get blown up by wide receivers every single week. So I'm not scared of them. He's already had his buy. I think now is the time to get Amon Ross St. Brown. I think Amon Ross St. Brown, guys, could be a league winner. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I agree. Mm-hmm. I'm hot on it, man. Like I, I, I'm sending offers these next couple of days everywhere I can, especially while that questionable tag is still on his name. He is expected to play this week too, so keep that in mind. He's bouncing back quickly from the concussion. Um, Jen, let's go ahead with cells and kick us off, if you would, please. So this one pains me the most of all time because I am a Josh Jacobs fan to the moon, but I'm selling him. I mean, you can get him for top dollar right now. He's had three huge games, but I don't think he can sustain it. Derek Carr has looked shaky. He has not. I mean, the whole entire Raiders team, let's be honest. I mean, Darren Waller is out, but for the first three games of the season, Josh Jacobs had less than hundred yards and no touchdowns. Then the following three games, he averaged 147 yards and has had six touchdowns in three games. So, I mean, if you've got him and you have a need somewhere else, you've got a solid running back room. I think now is the time to sell him high while you can, before he suffers an injury, before he takes a tumble, before he, just slides down the hill that is inevitable because he is no CMC. He is no Austin Eckler. He is no Jonathan Taylor. So 
I mean, he's trying to be, but he's not. He's just not. I really like that call, Jen. I think, like, I've never really bought into Josh Jacobs. Put in, you know, I've never really bought into it lately. Or, you know, his entire career. He's just not super explosive. He looks great this year, and he's doing something right. But the bottom line, this is might be the highest his value ever gets in his entire career. So if you want to flip him in your redraft league, you could get a high-end RB2 and probably something else for him as well. Maybe a wide receiver too. Like he's going for probably top five RB price, RB, you know, RB price right now. So especially if someone just lost Brees Hall, someone lost some of these other running backs lately, Javante, um, go after him and try to get rid of him if you can. We weren't quick enough on J-Rob when he was doing well. And I think we learned a little bit of a lesson, Jen. And I think that's kind of what you're saying here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just sold Josh Jacobs in one league for Curtis Samuel. Who else did I get, honey? It was a good haul, but I can't remember. It was a good haul. I can't remember. But, I mean, it hurt. But, oh, Kareem Hunt and somebody else. But I live and stand by my 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 picks and my calls. And I did sell Josh Jacobs. And I will continue to sell him off. Okay. She's selling high on Josh Jacobs. I'll go ahead and hit mine before we go to you, Nate. And I'm going to say sell George Kittle here. George Kittle's looked great these last couple weeks, guys, but the 49ers, they've had 40-plus passing attempts over the last two weeks, leading to 19 targets for Kittle. I'm afraid this goes down once they face less explosive offenses starting this week with the Rams. Divisional game, they don't need to throw 40 times. That's not their game. They want this defense and their running game, especially now that they have CMC to carry them. I just don't think the target share is going to be there for Kittle. People are looking at him now like he's a top three tight end again because there is no Waller. Kyle Pitts stinks. So, and Mark Andrews just dropped the donut too. So, like, people are looking at that, you know, 20, 20 plus PPR points from Kittle. He was great the week before. And, and they're seeing that. And I think it's going to come crashing right back down this week, guys. The Rams are the number one defense against opposing tight ends. And, like, just look, think of these numbers. They have allowed 14 receptions and 120 yards the entire season. That is an average of 2.3 receptions and 20 yards for the tight end position. That is like four PPR points. And and it's not like they haven't faced good tight ends. Dawson Knox, Kyle Pitts, Zach Ertz, George Kittle once before, Dalton Schultz. Like outside of Kelsey and Andrews, those are the five of the best tight ends, at least talent-wise, in the league. And they've shut him down. So I'm worried about George Kittle that he's going to regress this week. I have him in a lot of leagues, and I am actively trying to shop him. George Kittle, guys, he I think he's a huge sell high this week. Yeah, I agree. It, it pains me to say, but I do agree with that call. Um, just based on everything you've said, I've always been super high, as everybody has been on Kittle. And I think it was two weeks ago that I was like, just give Jimmy G a moment to settle in and then we're going to see George Kittle flame again. And it has happened, but I think you're smart to sell high on him. Yeah. I was, I was working up a deal of a trade earlier today that actually got me a Monroe St. Brown. We were living high. And then the, you know, I was like, just let me think about it for about 10 minutes. I'll get back to you. I got back to him. Hey, I don't want to do the deal anymore. He says, I said, are you effing kidding me? So are you effing kidding me? Oh, no. I said, I need I needed 10 minutes to make sure I had a running back to play this week, which I didn't. I was going to pick up Jermichael Icey and, 
and and play him just so I could just so I could get rid of George Kittle for a uh, package deal for Amon, but didn't happen. I'm bummed. But guys, Ugh. if you have George Kittle and people are tight end needy in the league, and they always are going to be, make a move now. Nate, round mm-hmm. us out, please. Oh, so back to Green Bay. Apparently, we're going to hammer on this franchise tonight. My sell right now is Aaron Jones. He just had a huge week. He yep. had 28.6 PPR points. Get out while you can. His run usage was dwindling. It's still dwindling. He went from 16 carries in week four to 13 carries in week five to nine carries against the Jets in week six to eight carries against Washington in week seven. The only thing saving him right now is that he had 10 targets last week against Washington, nine catches, two touchdowns. But we don't know what this offense is going to be. Some weeks he's getting involved in the passing game. Some weeks he has three targets. You're at a point now where Aaron Jones is almost isn't a reliable start every week type player. And if you can sell him now after a boom week where he put up nearly 30 PPR points, just do it because you can get probably an RB2 for Aaron Jones and maybe a couple like a veteran piece, a bench piece. Make that just make just make that move. Aaron okay. Jones was my third part of my deal that we couldn't who we couldn't remember. Okay, that's right. <laughs> okay so you were getting Aaron Jones on Jen. I got Aaron Jones and I'm okay. happy. I mean, I agree with Nate that now is a good time to sell high on him because of his boom week last week. All it does is 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 um, rekindle that relationship between him and Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron's looking for somebody to trust, and Aaron Jones is probably that guy right now um so yeah if you can afford to get rid of him i agree okay okay guys we have a question here a little bit came in a little bit ago we i'm sorry we missed it did honestly not see it come up here um question from lucius here um good to see you all good to see you tonight as well lucius hope you're still hanging around with us would you trade debo for a mon raw st brown uh really worried mccaffrey is going to take some of his rushing attempts or all of his rushing attempts I wouldn't mind doing this trade. I wouldn't also mind, like, can you get something else back? Uh, Amon Ra, like, the value's down right now. We just kind of, I went on a rant why I won Amon Ra, and I would absolutely like him more than Debo rest of season. Um, So I don't mind doing this trade straight up, but I would try to get maybe something a little bit back. You know, really play up the fact, hey, Debo's been on the field every game this season. Amon Ra's been banged up. He's on the Lions. My guy's on the 49ers. Sell Debo to him a little bit, you know? I, I, but I do like this trade for you here. Um, Jen or Nate, a, a, any issues with that trade? No. I like it. I mean, I like Debo more than you with McCaffrey, but I'd probably – I'd still do the deal for – but I want – like you said, I'm on Rob Plus. Yeah, just a little something, a little sweetener on there, and I'm, I'm certainly willing to do that. And then he has another question here for us. Do you think giving up Zach Ertz and Pittman for Mark Andrews is too much? Absolutely not. I don't think it is. That's another really good buy low candidate is Mark Andrews coming off one of his worst performances since 2018. So I would absolutely give up Ertz and Pittman for Mark Andrews. Maybe can you get something back? Can you get a, a crappy wide receiver that you know is going to have some value or maybe a low end running back? Um, but I don't mind that trade at all. We already said we won out of the Pittman show with the new quarterback coming in in town. Zach Ertz is going to take a little bit of a hit here with new Hopkins back. Jen, any problem with this trade? 
No, I mean, I love Mark Andrews. He had a crappy game, like you said, but look at his team. I mean, and look at Mark Andrews and his history. You can't go wrong with him. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, Lucius, uh, we, we're sorry we were a little delayed on the question and answer, though, but uh, hope hope we helped you there. Um, guys, let's go ahead and get ready for some waiver wires. we got some in the scope coming your way right about now. I have the stars in my sights. Requesting permission to engage. In the scope. Right. In the scope. We're going to talk about some mainstream pickups. So you can go ahead and pick up tonight if you're still in need, if you're in a normal league or a shallower league. And then we also have our in-the-scope targets that we'll get into. And these are really like for the fantasy football DGens who play in a lot of leagues like we do where we're scraping the bottom of the barrel here because it is brutal out there. Almost like every position outside of wide receiver has been hard to find plays this year. Running backs have been more so now that we've gotten all these injuries piling up. Quarterbacks outside the top six quarterback plays have been awful. Tight ends outside the top three have been pretty bad. Um, but let's start with the mainstream waiver wire pickups here, guys. Stop me when when you uh, want to add anything on to what I'm saying here, but I just kind of want to run through these quickly. Donta Foreman, 35.3% owned on uh, on ESPN, and then Chuba Hubbard, 25.8%. We kind of talked about those guys earlier on, but they should be rostered. One, if not both of them, will be fantasy relevant the rest of the season. Tyler Algier, if you need to play these next couple weeks, Cordell Patterson's out. We don't know how much Patterson's going to be involved when he comes back in, but he's only still 33 or 30.3% rostered on ESPN leagues as well, so you need to be looking at him. And then Nate Gus Edwards, you talked him up in your column today, only 16.1% rostered. We mentioned him a couple weeks ago on In the Scope that you should get him rostered, you should get him on your team. Um, and now it looks like J.K. Dobbins heads to IR, so terrible situation if you're if you're a Dobbins manager and don't have Gus Edwards I think it's time to unload the clip for Gussie so uh, the thing with Gus Edwards is what's so strange that he wasn't on anybody's radar coming off of IR because I think we were looking at it like they're going to ease him back in Kenyon Drake played so well last week they still got Mike Davis there's a lot they can do with it this is the Gus Edwards show and with Dobbins on IR this is a team that likes to run the ball roughly around 50 percent of the time the, the, just on volume alone and Gus Edwards was really efficient and we saw Kenyon Drake snap share get cut in half. So that tells you everything you need to know. This is Gus Edwards backfield. And I think the crazy thing about it too, is like JK Dobbins got another knee scope done. Like, like we might, might, might not see JK Dobbins back for a while. Like there really is no timetable. They're pretty quick to put him on IR after this last week. So yeah, I mean, Gus Edwards is the one you want after that. You're fighting for scraps between Kenyon Drake um, but between him and Justice Hill, which I really don't want to do. Um, so, yeah, Gus Edwards, get him on your team, guys. Isaiah Pacheco, 14% rostered. He's not a guy you can play right now because we don't really, like, outside of Clyde, realistically, just because of his touchdown equity, you don't have a really good play in this Kansas City Chiefs backfield. It's kind of a mess. Um, but Isaiah Pacheco probably should be on rosters as well. Daniel Jones, we talked about him. He was my uh, my in-the-scope candidate in week six comes out and goes berserk this last week 110 rushing yards for him and a tutty really cool to see danny dimes doing something with brian dable up there and then wandale robinson his trusty rookie wide receiver he's come on strong scott highlighted him last week in in the scope so if you listen to us you will get him for next to nothing so 
Uh, Wando Robinson, Daniel Jones, the Giants package there. Paris Campbell, he's going to be probably pretty heavily targeted here, guys. 2.8% rostered for him. And then we talked about Greg Dulcich, the tight end earlier that we were asked about. 7.8% rostered. Nate, I believe, was he your in the scope last week? He was my in the scope last week. Well done. Well done. So we're trying to save you guys, uh, save you guys fab here. Nate, you normally hit us with your in the scope candidate. And I think almost the last, man, it had to be like three or four weeks. You've gone tight end. A lot of them been really good plays lately. Um, Are you giving us a tight end night? I'm not. I'm actually going quarterback quarterback. and I'm going a quarterback that we talked about earlier. Someone that look, I'm going to be honest. I've been waiting for this moment because when the XFL was a thing, I watched a few XFL games and this guy just looked electric. He made some crazy like Patrick Mahomes type throws where it was like no look stuff like flying through the air. And it's it's PJ Walker, the third string quarterback to start the season for the Carolina Panthers. But this weird thing happened. Matt Rule got out of the way. They moved two of their biggest stars, Robbie Anderson and Christian McCaffrey. This team went into fire sale mode. And then they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers like it was nothing. Didn't allow a touchdown. Their defense played out of its mind, but the offense did too. P.J. Walker had a 71% completion completion rate against Tampa Bay, which is no slouch defense like we talked about earlier. He also had the highest PFF offensive grade of any quarterback in Week 7 at 94. The next closest was Burrow at 90, and then it just was all downhill from there. Jen's laughing at me because I got really excited researching this stuff today and yesterday and pulling some of these numbers on Walker. I'm just very impressed with what he was able to do. They only asked him to throw the ball 22 times, but he had a really solid game. And I think the more he gets involved in this offense, you don't think Steve Wilkes wants to win games. He wants this job. And if he can win games and show that he can make this team better with the decisions he's making, he has a shot at getting an NFL head coaching job. Part of that is making P.J. Walker, who he has named the starter for the rest of the season in Carolina. Has it been for the rest of the season, though? Because I thought it was – we don't know for the rest of the season. It's just – it's right now, even if they're healthy. Okay. Or even if Baker – so – He said moving forward, the starter in this offense is going to be P.J. Walker. That could be for the next couple of weeks. It could be for the rest of the season. I guess I personally think it's just going to be the rest of the season. Because why not? The guy led you to a 21 to three win over Tampa Bay. You got to see what you've got in him now. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I agree, but I don't think it's going to be PJ Walker for the rest of the season. And I think I was laughing at you saying that rule got out of the way. Like he chose to move out of well, the they, way. They got, they got rule out of the way. <laughs> yes. The Carolina yes. franchise said, get out the way. Part of me saying that too, is that I need Baker to come back. So that's my only caveat to this. <laughs> I, I don't have a read on this Carolina team, honestly, what they're going to sure. do at quarterback. I mean, Nate, I will give it to you. P.J. Walker looked great last week and definitely the best quarterback play we've seen out of Carolina in the second. However, he's looked good at times and then kind of faded before. So I'm a little worried that the longevity might not be there for P.J. Walker. Um, Nate likes him, though. Nate's saying pick him up if you need a if you need a quarterback play here, possibly coming up. Jen. Uh, roll me with yours because, uh, I, I, I've been fighting Nate on some things recently and I might have to fight you on this one as well. 
you fight me all the time. <laughs> this is not the first time. Um, right. Still, still quarterback alley. I loved watching Bailey Zappi come in yesterday. He is my in the scope. I mean, he's got a couple of games to work himself out, but he came in after Mac Jones's interception, which poor Mac Jones, if you watched that game, his whole body and head slumped like, Oh my God, I can't believe I did it again. Um, but I, I literally got goosebumps. That does not happen to me very often when he went four for four, wow. 83 yards before the half, he scored a touchdown on his first attempt. Like it was wild. And the entire stadium became electric and everybody was behind Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi was behind Bailey Zappi. Everybody was Mac Jones. He was supportive of Bailey Zappi on the sidelines. Like he was happy. You could tell that Mac was like, thank God somebody's coming in to help our team. Um, and then they went to halftime and I don't know what Belichick said in the locker room, but the second half of the game was nothing like the final four minutes of the first half of the game. Belichick said something and the whole team was deflated. All of them, all of them were just like, well, what are we doing here then? And with a plot twist, we all think Zappy's coming back in the second. And here comes Mac Jones trotting out onto the field. And I think everyone, everyone was like, I'm sorry, what is happening? Were you not there for the last four minutes of the second quarter? Because that was astounding. And I just think that the sky's the limit for Bailey Zappi. They're playing the Jets next week. The Jets are dropping like flies, like we talked about a little bit earlier. Belichick has said that he's rolling out both QBs for the time being in each game, which he claimed was the plan all along for last night's game, but I call lies, lies, dirty lies. Then they played the Colts, then they've got their bye week, then the Jets again. So I think they've got two weeks to get Zappy in motion before their next matchup in week 11. And I feel like he's going to be the starter. He really is. Jen, I love that your enthusiasm for <laughs> Bailey Zappi. I certainly do. Like, I just go back to the old homage, though. If you have two quarterbacks, you have none. And I don't want to play this game with a New England quarterback. Like, in a super flex, I'll play the game. In a one QB, I can't play the game. Like, they're, they're, I mean, quarterbacks have been awful. I'm not going to lie to it, but I think I would rather, like, I'd rather just go with PJ Walker at this point if I had to make the decision. And, like, I don't love PJ Walker either, but, like, Jared Goff's out there on waivers. Like, I don't know. I just, I just can't get behind. He looks electric. And he like, I, I can't deny that, Jen. He looks electric. He obviously set the TD record in college for a reason. The guy can put the freaking zip on the ball zappy. Like, there's a reason. He did. He did set the record. But, but I just, I just Almost can't. Almost 6,000 yards and 62 touchdowns or something crazy. Are they really going to bench Mac Jones? For the rest of the season, when Mac Jones was a first-round pick, led in the playoffs last year, I just don't know if Bill has it in him. Nate, what's your take? You've been the biggest Mac Jones supporter I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> and you've repeatedly shat on me for that, which is why I'm wondering why you're questioning this take from Jen. You should be like, yes, finally, goodbye Mac Jones. I don't think Mac Jones is that bad of a quarterback, but I don't think he's that good of a quarterback. But I don't think Bailey Zappi – like, ba Bailey Zappi has looked better this season. I, I can't deny that, but I just – I don't want anything to do with it. I, I think outside of Ramondre Stevenson and 
give it one more week and I might have one other uh, in the scope candidate here for you from New England. But outside of that, I don't want anything to do with him. I just can't. I, th- I think the zappy situation is interesting because he is playing better. And Bill Belichick is probably this, at least in the top five smartest coaches in the league. It might not always look like it, but he'll make the right decision here. And if Zappi is getting this locker room to pop and getting these players to pop on the field and helping them win, he's going to start Zappi. And I think that's where we're headed. I think Mac Jones is in, in some sort of second year funk. There's something going on. Maybe it's he got hurt and now we're seeing Bailey Zappi and he's nervous. But whatever it is, he's got some sort of weird yips. And that's going to be a problem for Jones because, of course, Belichick's going to ride the hot hand. It's probably going to be Zappi. So here's all I'll say, and I'll just kind of end the conversation on this. How many quarterbacks have to be either on by or hurt for me to ever pay play Bailey Zappi, even when he's the court, starting quarterback for the New England Patriots? I'd say it'd have to be like, I don't know. I just think there's like 22 other quarterbacks that I'd rather play, but maybe I'm wrong. And maybe Jen, maybe you're right. And I'm, I'm just an asshole. That could be it. <laughs> it could be it. I, I doubted Nate last week for sure. Things sleepers of the week. And he, and it almost hit. So uh, I could just be an asshole. It could be. I don't think so, though. I met you in person enough. <laughs> Guys, I'll, yeah, I'll like round it out here with Ernest Johnson. He is my uh, short thing sleeper of the week. And this is not a sexy one either. Like, it is really hard to come up with these short thing sleepers of the week right now because the waiver wires as is are super bare. So trying to play a week early is a hard game to play. And this tr- only predicates on the Kareem Hunt trade rumors. If Kareem Hunt gets traded, Dearness Johnson is the RB2 in Cleveland. Jerome Ford, the guy out of Cincinnati, he's on IR right now. That's going to thrust Johnson into this role. I think if you have Nick Chubb, you can go get him now. If you don't have Nick Chubb now, wait until next week's waivers and then maybe go pick him up because they do have a buy. So you'd have to sit on him for almost two weeks now at this point. But I think he's going to have a role if Kareem Hunt gets traded. There's a reason beat reporters are saying that he's going to get traded. Look for the Rams to maybe make a move for him. They could use some additional help. There, there's other teams that could use running backs at this point in the season. Um, so I'm just thinking Dearness Johnson, if you need a guy right now, he, he could be. Um, in the games that he saw, 60% of snap share last season. So when he was a starter, 22.3 points per game is what he averaged. So he was elite when he was a starter. When he was second string, when he was behind Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt, 30 to 60% of the snaps, he averaged six PPR points. So nothing to write home about, but he's a decent handcuff if you need to go out and get him to Nick Chubb because I think Kareem Hunt might be on the move, guys. I'm just trying to play a little detective, trying to play forward here a little bit. I think that's smart. And I, Darius Johnson's a good running back. He runs the ball well, and there it might be a little bit different if, he, if they trade Hunt this time. He might see some more work. There might be some standalone value. But even if there isn't, if you're a Nick Chubb manager, definitely do yourself a favor and go get him for cheap on waivers and just stash him at the back of your bench just in case. In case you need a man. Like, I'm, I'm freaked out after yeah. the Brees Hall thing. I'm freaked mm-hmm. out. I had no Michael Carter. I had Brees Hall everywhere. So, Jen, are you opposed to, to stashing, like, like so, some of these deep RBs if needed? No, I love it. I think it's smart. I think it's the wise thing to do as a person who found themselves – 
in a very dark place last season in the running back position. Um, stash, stash, stash. Okay. All right. Let's go ahead and round out the show here. We have one fun segment for you guys, Halloween themed. Um, let's jump into some Would You Rather. rather this is the classic game you guys know it we're going to be presented with a couple of different things here and uh whether it's fantasy related or um our topic of the week halloween related and to do that guys we are bringing a very special guest um really a member of this ibt family the guy who holds us down every single week make sure that we're sounding good not like idiots on the audio version um let's go ahead and bring in kyle scott kyle how are you doing today our good friend I'm doing great. You guys brought on the pumpkin head for the Halloween episode. So it's, you know, I'm ready. I'm, Let's go. Ready. I'm ready. Yeah. Let's go. Th- those, uh, those listen to the audio version of this, this podcast, Kyle is a ginger. He's a redhead. So he's making fun of himself there. We appreciate that, Kyle. If you don't get enough ginger jokes from other people, you just made one yourself. So congratulations. What do you have for us today on would you rather? We have a bunch of fun questions. Uh, the first one, we're just going to go right into it. No preamble. So would you rather uh, drink the punch at your sketchy new neighbor's Halloween party or get an Uber driven by Hansen from Scary Movie 2? Classic uh, spoof movie, Scary Movie 2. So all seen. So for the YouTube, uh, YouTube listeners, I'm going to put a picture up of Hansen here. Nate, who is this actor again? Uh, Chris Elliott. Okay. Chris Elliott. When I was young, I was absolutely terrified of this man, Chris Elliott, because if you look here, if you're listening to the audio version, I apologize, but you can see on screen that he has like a gimpy hand. And the one scene, he puts it in the mashed potatoes and like mixes it around and just absolutely crushed me as a kid. I love mashed potatoes and I couldn't eat them after seeing that. So, uh, I love this question here. Uh, one of you guys can kick it off because this is too much for me. Dude, I think Jen is with me here. I'm drinking that sketchy punch. Can't be that sketchy. We went to no. high school in the 90s. I'm getting in the Uber with Hanson <laughs> for the stories because I know something wild is going to happen and I'm I'm there for it. I, I'm not risking uh, some sort of like food poisoning, spit, something or another dirty punch bowl drink over over Hanson. If it was a neighbor we knew, maybe, you know, maybe if it's if it's a Fair neighbor point. down the road, but it's a sketchy new neighbor. Sketchy and new don't go together, Nate. <laughs> that's you know, that's actually that's a good point, Jen. Remember when we got um we drank something sketchy with those people who live in the apartment next door and we didn't remember anything. Nuh-uh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so so I, I'm changing. I'm going to get in the Uber with Jen. That seems hey, like the smarter Nate, adult You could have a good time. You could have a good time that night. You might not remember. You know, it might have might <laughs> might lead to some good times. Very highly doubt it. Okay. 
All right. I'm also just – this is sweet for Hanson. I hate Hanson, but I'm not, I'm not drinking any sketchy punch, man. I've, <laughs> I've also think I've been drugged before too. So uh, I, I'm going gonna, gonna to go ahead and, and move past that. Thank you. I drink the punch if I'm at his house, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound. <laughs> <laughs> You're already there. All right. Might as well. I had to take, take the ride, you know. I'm not getting in a car with a stranger. Come on. It's an Uber. It's an Uber. It's, a, it's Hanson, baby. It's Hanson. Ubers are cars, Seth. Hanson, baby. <laughs> he's driving with one hand. That can't be safe. I just hope he's not driving stick. That's all. If he's not driving stick, I'm <laughs> What do you got for us, Kyle? All right. Would you rather find out you're dating a vampire or a werewolf? Well, this seems... Jen, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I feel like I'm in less danger with a werewolf. But also, if I'm dating a vampire, I'm also probably a vampire. And you're going to live forever. So I'm okay. Do I want to live forever? Have you been in this world? But, like, you guys ever see Twilight? They're friendly. They're friendly vampires. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think I would almost... Like if they're a chill haven't you vampire, seen T Wolf? Teen Wolf? No, no, I haven't. Oh, honestly, no. Sake. Pretty chill. Pretty chill. Michael J. Gapping in generations right now with Michael gapping. J. Fox. You've never seen Teen Wolf with Michael J. Fox. I've seen Blossom with Mike Stoyanov, but not. <laughs> <laughs> also, and good Mike... show. Good show. Seth, you have some Halloween homework. Watch okay. Teen Wolf. Not the new one, right? Because there's one on MTV about 10, 15 no, years ago, too. No, watch the one with Michael J. Fox. Okay. It's good. Okay. It's corny. It's corny, so, but you feel safe. So, Jen, you're taking the werewolf then, obviously. I think so, but I never saw Twilight. So, okay. I, I don't know about these friendly friendly, friendly vampires. Yeah. Nate, what about you, man? I'm going to quit dating. <laughs> <laughs> Nate's getting off Tinder is what he's saying. It's too, it's too rough in these streets, man. I can't do it. Celibacy. Too dangerous. Too dangerous. I would probably take vampire just because, like, I don't know. The werewolf thing, if it was on a girl super hair, you might be a little bit of a throw off. And, like, at least vampire, you kind of know what you're getting all the time. Like, werewolf, it's just, like, a new mood. Like, you could be out on an awesome date. You know, you could be traveling somewhere. It could be a NASCAR race, football game. Hell, you know, I, I don't know what you could be doing. Then full moon comes up. Hey, see ya. You well, know? dude, but that's on you yeah, for not vampire. knowing the moon schedule. I, like, I, that is published. That is And a true. vampire has you, like, locked in to a life of nighttime activity only. No daytime activity. You, you I mean, can is be that in that daytime. Much you, just have to be, you have to be in, like, the shadows and stuff. You have to stay out of the sun. It, <laughs> that's not creepy. <laughs> Well, this yeah, is my I, boyfriend Seth, and he has to stay in the shadows. <laughs> we stay inside all day writing. We only come out at night. We're basically that vampires anyway. Yeah, that I'm I'm IBT fan. We're with you there. We're with you there. Kyle, what's yeah. your your uh, your take on this one, buddy? Well, it, the easy. It's obviously vampire. Uh, if anyone has seen an American Werewolf in London, you know you don't want to be in the room when the werewolf is transforming you know that's what just, happens that's true oh dude it's terrifying it's oh scary. terrifying yeah see that's what I'm, 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 vampires was that the song also, that uh that that trash that was 
trash thing at no. uh but that was werewolves in london was that based yeah, on the but movie? no that's oh my god that song came out in like the mid the 70s. 70s okay okay Warren also Z a bop one. though also a bop werewolves in london it is mm-hmm. it is a yeah. bop the movie's also really good you should watch it okay uh, i mean what was that movie uh, called again Where, was that also also werewolves in london an american werewolf in london okay okay uh, it's hard to find also... this time of year <laughs> okay Kyle, go on everybody apparently more sexy like, I mean, they're human for obvious. The time. That's true. I'm with that. Kyle, you're a smart man. You're a smart man. A room buddy. divided. A room divided. I like that. Kyle, take us away, man. We got a couple more to hammer out here. All right. This might bridge generations a little more, too. Would you rather party with Harry Potter or Sabrina the Teenage Witch? Personally, you're not going to get me on camera saying I'm partying with a teenager, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sabrina the Teenage Witch in her twenty, you know, over twenty-one, over twenty. But great, great point there because we do not, you know, <laughs> do not condone not partying with teenagers. Yes, thank you, thank you, Jen. And, yeah. Well, and in this scenario, you know, it's either a teenager or a child in elementary school. So <laughs> no, no, we're also saying Harry Potter twenty-one at this point. Harry Potter's twenty-one. Harry Potter was born in nineteen eighty-nine. Uh, according to the well, book, see, so he's in his thirties. What about Sabrina? 33. She Sabrina's was that was a like teenage a, witch. She's she was, but now she's an adult witch. So Dude, she's got to be like 45, 46 at this point. Dude, I don't what's your name, Melissa? Melissa Joan Hart. Melissa Joan Hart. This is a tough one, man. This is because like Sabrina always looked like she was having a fucking time, doesn't she? Like Harry was always kind of like, oh, like fuck, you know, like Life my parents sucks. are dead and. My parents are dead and Dumbledore's dead and like everything kind of goes wrong for Harry Potter. Like Sabrina's at least like just chilling with her cat, you know? Yeah, those Harry Potter parties in like the late teens and early 20s might get kind of dark, actually. Except if we can party at Hogwarts. I'm down to party at Hogwarts, get some of that butter beer, you know? I I, I would probably, that's my one exception. I don't know if you guys have had butter beer or would like to try butter beer, but uh, I'm in on that probably. Well, all right then. Agree to disagree, sir. So, are you guys, you guys are full send Sabrina then. I mean, yeah, Sabrina was like a... my girl. Like, really, we, yeah. were, we grew up together. I, Harry Potter. I read the first book. That's it. We have nothing in common. You've never watched the movies? No. Oh my! Are you kidding me, Jen? You've never watched Harry Potter? I might have seen the first movie. I, I don't know. I mean, wow. crime and murder and things like that. There's crime. <laughs> there's, there's, crime there's crime. There's witchcraft murder. The teenage witch. Yeah. Yeah. She's Fair murdering enough. everybody. <laughs> All right. Well, it looks like I'm, I'm out on an island here again. I mean, again, only I'm only partying with Harry if we're going to Hogwarts, if we're drinking butterbeer, that whole stuff. If, if it's here in today's present world, I'm probably going to. You know, Sabrina looked like she was having a better time. Kyle, any thoughts on this one? Uh, no. Just no. I'll I'll give out candy to trick or treaters. That's my okay. Pick. Okay. All right. I think we got one more here for us, Kyle. Yeah. This time we actually have a fantasy question. Uh, 
would you rather have someone back out of a trade last second or oh. have to hear the fantasy strength of schedule excuse from the last place team? Yeah, I hate or like, so let me just set the scene. Every fantasy football league has one guy who maybe it's not every year, but a lot of years they're last or close to last in their league and go to rip them. Oh, your team sucks. Oh, try giving up the most points allowed every year. And like, that just sucks, man. I hate that excuse. I, I'm not on board with that excuse, but I also hate people who back out of trades. Like, if you're going to tell me you want to do a trade and we're going to ha- put it on the table and we're going to make an offer and it doesn't end up happening because you back out last minute or you change your mind. Like if I say, if you say, Hey, I need some time to think about it. That's cool. But if you say, yeah, let's do it. And then you back out, I'm going to be immediately a little bit peeved off. So I hate both of these people. Honestly, I, I-, I can't pick one. I mean, having somebody back out of a trade last second is all, I feel like that's more annoying because you look at the trade now you're researching your team you're researching their team you're yep. researching other teams yep. you're spending actual time trying to figure out if this trade is a good deal and then you decide that you're either going to go with it possibly and then they back out like that is making me stabby i i hate it too yeah. like- Cause like, then you have to pick up like waivers. What am I doing on waivers based off yep. this trade? What am I IR slot? Like it changed Jen. That's a really good point of view. Cause what's my schedule going forward? When do I play you? And am I going to be playing Josh yeah. Jacobs in a minute? Like I'm this sucks. Hours. It's hours. Sudden- it's literally hours. Mm-hmm. It goes into, I spent hours last night and then this happened to me. So this is why I kind of, I kind of brought it up today as one of these questions. Nate, w- w- what's your point of view? Cause um, I know you're normally someone who doesn't really back out of trades last minute. I hope well, I so. haven't, I, I, hope I haven't not. done it yet. I was just going to say, guys, we're looking at this the wrong way. This is the same person in every league. They do both because <laughs> they're the, they're that one irritating person. It's like, uh, there's someone in one of our leagues who does this kind of stuff all the time, both the excuses and the backing out of trades and the complaining about trades. It's the same person in every league, but if I could remove one from my pantheon, it would be the people who back out of a trade. Yeah. The other, cause you're always going to get people who are going to be, be, you know, like, eh, and like you can arguably be upset about getting a bad schedule and fantasy and facing that's like, it, it, it's understandable sometimes. I hate when it's the same person every year because it always is in my leagues, at least. Um, then but, look ahead to the schedule when you're draft drafting. Better. Draft better, just draft better. better. Yeah. Also, you got to draft better. That's that's Gosh. true. That's it. If you draft Dang better, it. other teams won't score as many points because you'll have the players scoring the points. Same person. That's it's a good, exhausting. really, really good point there. Um, Kyle, any any thoughts on this one, man? I, I don't think you're a, a trade backer out or either. Oh no. No, I do a trade no matter what. I do I do agree <laughs> with you all. Uh, the, the Putting effort into researching for trades just makes it so much worse because people complaining has no real effect, but like putting time and effort into research all for nothing, that's that sucks. Just freaking, you are the worst person. And like, I'm just going to name drop him right now because I don't care. 
and I hope he's watching. I hope he watch. Kevin Clear, if you're watching this, you're a sick <laughs> son of a bitch. You're a sick son of a bitch. I woke up today on the right side of the bed because I was thinking I was going to get this trade done. I was going to get a Monroe St. Brown, baby. I was finally going to get out of gunshot B-Rob and Deontay Johnson. But Kevin Clear, you fucked me over. So go to hell. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I know we're about good vibes here in the IBT podcast, folks. But that was just – I had to get it out. It's been a frustrating week, guys. We've had my guy Brees Hall goes down. I got no running backs. My RB2 is gunshot B-Rob. Like, I just feel in a bad place right now, you know? And <laughs> Gunshot B-Rob? Like, all horrible. I need right now, like, let's hit up Sabrina. Let's hit up Harry. Like, we got to get partying this weekend. Let's go party. Yeah. I mean, hell, if we need an Uber driver, we'll call a Panson. I'm all right with it. I'm all right with it. <laughs> let's get the good vibes flowing here, guys. Kyle's walking home. We're all in the oh, Uber. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm not. I'm not going home. I'm at the neighbor's house. Yes. yes. <laughs> he's not letting me out. <laughs> oh, he's creepy. <laughs> well, guys, we appreciate everyone tuning in tonight. It's been an awesome, awesome episode. Those of you sticking around, um, please continue to support us over here in between media. Nate, you and I will be back on Friday. Make sure you guys are following the awesome poll votes over on Twitter at Jen and Nate Poll Vote. I'm over on Twitter at Between underscore Seth FF. Support Kyle by supporting the channel here. Every like means Kyle gets a little bigger of a bonus. So uh, make sure you keep that that in mind. Kyle needs to eat this week, baby. <laughs> Please. We, we appreciate everyone so much. Um, have a great rest of your week. Good luck on waivers, and we'll see you back here on Friday, guys. Until then, you know what to do. Keep it in between. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice. 